Welcome to a life-transforming experience with the Word of God from Bishop Napoleon Asian. Napoleon Asian is a son of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the head of the LCI mission in Cape Town, South Africa. With about 20 years experience in ministry, Bishop Napoleon Asian has been actively involved with the work of God in Ghana, UK, and now a missionary in South Africa. He stands with his father in the ministry, teaching and emphasizing his word with extraordinary grace and faith. Join us now as he delivers the word of God under the anointing. If you believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. If you have been taught properly in this house, stand up to your feet. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Because our pastor is in the house. I don't know what he has this morning, but the very son of Bishop Doug Hayward Mills, my pastor, your pastor, is here this morning. Bishop Napoleon Essien. Welcome, Bishop. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody put your hands together and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We bless you. We say thank you for the opportunity to be where you are and to be part of the living. We don't take it for granted, Lord. Lord, we pray that this morning you open our eyes that when we see, we will perceive. That, Lord, you open our ears. That when we hear, we will understand. Oh, may we not be the same. May we be changed. May we be convicted. May your blessings, your grace, whatever you have for us. Lord, this morning, we lift our hands and we declare that have your way in our lives and let your perfect will be done. Holy Spirit of God, we welcome your presence. We welcome your mighty power. Have your way and do what you purpose in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall shout and say, Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together and please be seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. It looks like today is the grand finale. We've been sharing about the Apostles' Creed, the confession of our faith. And we've gone through, it's also known as the 12 articles of the faith. And we've gone through Article 1 to 11. And today we want to take the Article 12. Hallelujah. Yeah, I believe in life everlasting. How many believe in life everlasting? Yeah. Jesus said, he that believed on me, even though he died, he will live again. Hallelujah. And when you are alive, you will, you will not see death. Wow. All those of us who are afraid to die, there's a, a, a assurance for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So the Apostles' Creed, I want us to say it together as a church. As a church. Those who are uh, joining for the very first time, the Apostles' Creed is the summary 
of what we believe in as the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ is not just our church and our denomination. It's all the churches in the world together forms the body of Christ. Okay? So there is something that we believe in. Every church is different, a little different from the other. There are emphasis and stresses in different uh, things. But we believe if you are part of the body of Christ, then you need to believe in uh, the Apostles' Creed. It's what we believe in. Hallelujah. Yeah. When you look, there are two kinds of churches in the world. Teaching churches. A church that teaches the word of God. Teaches the word of God. And we have also uh, the power churches. Churches that also emphasize the emphasis they emphasize on the power of God and deliverance and all that. But the church must combine these two. Bible said Jesus is made the wisdom and the power of God. Amen. So we need the wisdom of God that comes through the teaching of his word. And we need the power of God that also comes through the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the combination is very important. So the Apostles' Creed is the, is the summary of what we believe in. So uh, if you've been here for some time, I'm sure by now you know it. So let's uh, start all together. Church, are we ready? Amen. And those of you that you have the benefit of dodging under your uh, pillow and sitting in the comfort of your room, join and examine yourself whether you know the Apostles' Creed. Let's go. One, go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, our Lord, okay, who was conceived of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Catholic Church, the of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Put your hands together. Oh, powerful. Today, it was better than last week. Today was better. Than, oh, it was on the, was it the, yeah, sometimes some people cheat, like the U.S. election. Some people cheat, but you don't need to cheat on this one. Hallelujah. Can we take it one more? I think you've done well. You've done well. I think put your hands together for yourself before we do this one. Okay. 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 And like we said, each phrase, each sentence means something. And we have spent time going through all of it. So if you don't know it, please, it's on the podcast. Or see those who are on the, on, on, on. Uh, the media get it, and I believe it will help you to understand who you are, okay, and what we believe in as Christians. Okay, let's go. One, go. 
I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his our Lord, okay? Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. And seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of saints. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so surprised that some people, when I, I got there, they have put their nose marks. And they are doing nothing. Meanwhile, they are saying nothing. Tell her, I've seen you, Pa. Hey, you are a Christian. You are tracking another Christian like that. Hallelujah. So, we are taking the last one. We believe in life everlasting. Amen. We believe in life everlasting. Now, you need to understand, why do we believe in life everlasting? What is the meaning? What is the meaning of the word everlasting? It's the same as eternity or eternal life. Okay? It's the same as eternal life. John 3.16, can we say it together, all of us, one go? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting yeah 17 for god sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved okay now you are going to learn the 15 let's say the 15 also together if you don't know it let's say the 15 yes one go No, watch, watch. Can we say it together? One go. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have... Do you get it? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have... Then the 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life so the 15 talks about eternal life and the 16 say everlasting life it's the same okay it's the same eternal life and everlasting life if you want take your bible and check uh, or your dictionary check the meaning of eternity or everlasting you notice that it's the same are you here okay so the 15 tells us that when you believe in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. And when uh, you are born again, you believe. How do you do it? For God, then he explains and all that. But it must uh, be of interest to you. Why? 
Why do we need eternal life? And why is God promising that when we believe in his son, this is what we are going to uh, receive? Because as we are on this earth, something has happened to God's creation. Hello? The plan of God. You know, if God made human beings and subjected human beings to death, that would have been a very poor plan. God did not create us to die. Hello? The plan that God had for it. That's why even after the first man's sin, people were growing up to the age of 900. People were growing up to 900. At the age of uh, 470, then they are now looking for beloved. I mean, if you, if you are 250 and you come and say you want to get married, your mother will shout on you. Hey! Small boy, you want to get married at the age of 250. Go, when you are 400, then we can talk about it. But now, when people are 16, they think that they are old. You see, the fall of man, the last time we are talking about the fall of, the fall of man has done something to us that I am very sure we cannot understand. The fall of man. Is what the fall has done for us has reduced us to the capacity and it just like I don't know how even to describe it. The, we are operating at less than 1% of what we were actually created to be. Because now if somebody even gets 100, he feels very old. He feels very old and becomes very frail. He notice that he's weak. Uh, things are not working. If you see somebody 120 and you say, that, Hey, you have eaten a lot of salt in this world. But that was not the intention. And Bible says, sin, okay, sin has a power to reduce your age. You better believe it. You may think that God was joking, but it is not joking. He says sin has a power to kill you. Sin is poison to the, to the human race. God created us. You see, as we know that when you put a, a poison in a drink or water you drink, you will die. It's good. That will kill the body. But what kills the spirit is sin. For the wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you here? So the sin, the, the, the day man sinned and disobeyed God, we died. He said, on the day you, you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, on that day when you ate that fruit, you will die. On that same day. And God means his wealth. When God says something, he means it. He's not joking. We are the ones that don't have what to say. And sometimes we talk to while away time. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Sometimes you are saying something, but you say things just to, I mean, gather momentum. But God doesn't speak because he doesn't have what to say. When God is saying, he means what he's saying. Hello? Have you been there that somebody tells you, do you mean what you are saying? Because sometimes you say things that you don't mean it. But that is not God. Whatever God says, he means it. He's not joking at all. If he tells you that the day you eat of this uh, fruit, you will die. It is true. 
when he says that if you rob me from tight, I'm cursing you. Don't joke that, oh, maybe it's not a proper case. It's a robber case, artificial. You are joking. You can see from the case of Adam and Eve, they were actually sacked from where God, God created them, put them in a beautiful place. But the fall of man, when sin entered, God had to push them out and ask angels to guard the garden. He said, lest they will also take the, 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 the fruit of the tree that they will live forever. So why do we need eternal life? We need eternal life because the life we are living now is not the one that God planned for us. This is not the original life. This is not to be around for 30 years and die. That's why now obituary is what a shock. They can't even say obituary any longer. He said, oh, gone too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. They said it's too much. What a shock. Yeah, we are all shocked that 30 years, you are gone. 24 years, 16 years, some people are even born dead. Have you heard some before? When there was no medicine, when there were no doctors, and they were in the garden, they gave birth without anesthesia, no operation, nobody was dying, the babies were not dying. But in our day, there's medicine, there's doctors, we have surgeons, and people are dying, babies are dying. They born a baby and strengthens. Some of the babies come with two heads joined together. You can see different things. Even when you see a baby, you don't even know whether you grow to become a proper person. The life we are having is not what God intended for us to have. Something has happened to the life that we are having. So when you are so interested in this life and you are heaping, uh, uh, what do you call, funny things, cars and money and fame to a life that is already spoiled, think of how to repair the life. Think of how to restore, to get restored to the original life. Hello? Don't heap things into the life that is destroyed because this life less than 100 years, it will be over. Less than 100 years. If you, I don't want to scare you, but you need to, you see, wisdom is to think about death. Yeah, wisdom is to think about death. Because you may or may not be prosperous. You may or may not marry. You may or may not have children. But when it comes to death, it's not may or may not. It is certain. So why wouldn't you rather plan for the thing that you know that it is sure? And you rather want to escape. When the thought of death comes, then you, you just want to escape it because you don't like it. You can't do nothing against the truth. Hallelujah. Are you here? So the plan of God is not the way it is. What we are seeing in this life is, is, is an unfortunate. It's an unfortunate version of what life is supposed to be. It's an unfortunate, very, I mean, bad version. Where God is, where God is, the streets are good. Where God is, there is no pain. There is no cry. Ladies were not to conceive and bring forth with pain. It's a case that makes you go into labor with pain. Bible says that now, where the baby is going to come from will be small. The baby will be bigger than the place. There's going to be a lot of pain. It was not supposed to be so. 
Hello? Are you here? If Adam Eve was supposed to have labor pains, how would God say that uh, replenish the whole earth? Replenish the whole earth with this pain. It would have been a very uh, painful instruction. So today, many women don't want to experience labor pains. When they get pregnant, they just go, they determine when the baby will be uh, 40 weeks or, uh, yeah, they go for CS, cesarean. They don't want the labor pain. If God had created all these things that we are suffering, mosquitoes biting, snakes biting, it is not so. Snakes were not supposed to bite us. Lions were not supposed to. Something has changed. Sin has caused something. It's just like taking, you know, when you watch these uh, uh, science uh, fiction films, uh, the hawk, you see, they were doing experiments at the lab. <laughs> Yeah, the Wuhan uh, virus can also be an example. They were doing experiment at the lab, and the person mistakenly injected himself with it. Then he evolved and became something that was not expected. His DNA, everything changed, and when he gets angry, he becomes huge, and that was not it. That is what has happened to us. And that's why God asks if the what is it that thou have done? Hey! You don't understand. What is it that I have done? What is it that you have injected? What you have done, you don't understand. You don't understand. What is it that I have done? HIV will come. Cancer will come. Stroke will come. Cataract will come. Do you you think God created that with diseases? We're not supposed to be sick. Food were not supposed to give us any sickness. Sin has destroyed the beauty of God's creation. Sin has destroyed. The fall of man has changed everything that God has created. Are you here? That is why he sent Jesus to come and to restore us and to redeem us. That's why when Jesus was carrying the cross, he said, I make all things new. Because, hey, the way things are, the way things are, it's not the way it's supposed to be. I'm talking about, I believe in life everlasting. Amen. The life that they were supposed to have. What what do you mean by God saying? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. If God said, the day you shall eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. What does it mean? If you don't eat that fruit, what will happen? That was, that was the original intention and original plan. Hello? Yeah, so if that fruit and that has not been eaten, life everlasting will be there. Life everlasting was, that is the intention, that was the original. Hallelujah! That was the original intention of God. Life everlasting. I want to come and fellowship with you, you will be here. Many, many years will be there. Yeah. Now different things are happening. And you see, that's why I'm saying that sometimes it takes, it takes more than uh, education even to identify what the problem is. Because people cannot identify that. You, you, you see, that's what we are trying. We, are, we have 
gotten knowledge, medicine, we are doing uh, uh, exercise, we are doing different things too. We've been to school, done masters. Apart from medicine, we are now into uh, uh, health and well-being. We are now eating grass like, uh, 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 what do you call it? Rabbits. So people have stopped eating meat. They are on veggies. Some are uh, vegan. They said they, there's another one. Uh, uh, what do you call it? What is the keto? Keto diet. Different things. To, to replace the sin, you are joking. The problem we have is not keto diet or storing meat or being a, a vegetarian or eating little meat or going for fish or omega-8. All these things are not. The problem is sin. Sin has done something and you are using uh, 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 vegetables to solve it. Since when did vegetables solve the problem of sin? How does it help us? How does vegetable help us in solving the problem of sin? When? When was the last time sin was able to be eradicated through vegetable? Um, It's amazing. It's amazing how in our wisdom we cannot even identify what is wrong with us. To the extent that today, pastors don't boast of the power of God and the anointing of God and the grace of God. They boast about their Japanese doctors and where they go for uh, 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 review and medical checkup. As a pastor, that you are boasting that you have a, a, a doctor in Singapore when you go, it's very nice. Hey! What happened to divine healing? What happened to the power of God? Our sight are failing. We need to wear uh, glasses. Now we have myopia, press, uh, myopia, biopia, different concave lenses, different things to correct our sight. And you think that it is going to go away by exercise. Is going to, you are standing on your treadmill. Recently, I saw, uh, uh, I think, a Chinese man. He was exercising on a treadmill. He, has sit, he, he sat down, and his leg is on the <laughs> treadmill. It's like this. As he said, I cannot die for it. <laughs> then I saw another uh, lady, tough like that. He was eating, I think, beggar with cheese. I said that I will not kill myself because of my weight. Because with, in the name of watching my weight and losing weight, I will not kill myself. Let me eat what I want to eat. <laughs> He's tired. You can see that. It doesn't solve. You, you just leave yourself one week now. You see that you have gone back. One week you have gained more than you lost in two months. Are you here? So, beloved of God, the plan of God has changed. In the beginning, that's why uh, uh, Moses, 
Jesus, when the people were talking about, there's a woman who got married to seven different people. Now in the uh, resurrection, whose husband uh, uh, will she be? And they said, look, in the beginning, it was not so. It was in the beginning. Today, men are marrying men. Ladies with ladies. In the beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, it was Adam and Eve. Are you here? So, we are talking, I believe in life everlasting, eternal life. Hallelujah. Yeah, because till you have eternal life, you have not been restored. And do you know that, you know, when I was, I even became Christian, I did not know that you get born again, eternal life, you get it. I thought that you need to die before you get eternal life. How many also uh, have been thinking like that, that eternal life begins when you die? No. No, eternal it's it's what you get here. That's why when you look into the Bible, all those who came to Christ and they knew what life is about, like the young rich man when he came to Christ, he said, "What can I do so that I will have an eternal life?" Those who know where we have fallen, when they come, they ask the right question. When they come, they ask the right question. They don't behave as though they don't know what has happened. They ask the appropriate question that, look, the problem we are having is that we will have to die someday. Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Can I read from verse number 15? Or from 16. Bible says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou would enter into life, can you see? If you enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Which commandment? Jesus said, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Are you there? Can you see it? Is it there in your Bible? Yeah. The first question is, what, what, what shall I do that I may inherit what? Eternal life. And Jesus began to say to him the things that he must do. When you go further, the guy said, I have done all those things. So you should, look, listen to me. Anything that Jesus said or the Bible says, don't take it for granted. So what shall I do that I will have eternal life? So you shall not murder. It means it is because of the fall. It is the, now in the nature of man to kill, to murder. So if you are going to have eternal life, you need to eliminate the tendency to kill. <laughs> then what was the next one? Adultery. Adultery. Sleeping with somebody who has not married to you. It's common. Is anything that Jesus said. Don't, 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 don't think that he was talking about somebody. <laughs> you, you see, why are you thinking that he's talking about 
a married woman or a married man. He's talking about you who are not married. Why will you think about that? Oh, Jesus was talking about something. No, he's talking about me and you. The murder is not talking about armed robbers. He's talking about me and you. That's why the, we, we, we become what we have not imagined. Because when we read the Bible and the scriptures, we don't see how we can become murderers. Or you tell yourself, oh, I'm not married. How can I be an adulterer? Then he continues. What again? Stealing. Stealing even his tithes and all that. Then what is the next one? False witness, a liar. How many? I mean, as for lies, then when we say, oh, how many have told the liar? Everybody says, oh, yeah, 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 we tell lies. But there's nowhere in the Bible that makes us sure that every liar has his father to be Satan. Yeah, it's very clear in the Bible that when you are a liar, your father is Satan. But we are happy. We're happy to say that our father is Satan. Then continue. What again? Anna, your father and your mother. It means that it is not natural. Be through the fall, you can easily have a lot of fault with your mother and with your father. This is the question that Jesus was answering, how you can have eternal life. It means it, you may need effort to honor your mother and your father. Don't, don't discard it. It means it is easy for you not to uh, like your mother and your father. You can easily have problem with them. Don't think that oh, this one is easy. Oh, uh, maybe when he said that we should lift a stone and uh, honor your mother and father. Most of us over here don't honor our parents. Are you here? Yeah. So Jesus said that. Look, this rich man. Jesus told me do this. He said, oh, I have done this from my youth. Because what do I lack? Jesus said, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven. And come and follow me. Yeah. If you are righteous, you have done the right thing. The next level for you is to be totally committed to the work, uh, the work of God. To get other people to do. Don't be self-righteous and think, oh, me, I don't sin, I don't do this. You lack something. You have not devoted all your time to helping other people to do what you have done. Many people are struggling to do the first one. So if you have naturally or by the grace of God, you've been able to do all these things, then it means that there is a higher call for you. This young man may have been one of the 12 apostles. Maybe his place is what Judas took. Because the Bible said that he went away very sorrowful because he had great possession and he couldn't come and follow Jesus. Are you here? So the first question is, what can I do that I can have eternal life? Hello? Then do you remember the question that Peter also asked after he followed Jesus for some time? Matthew chapter 19. When you read from verse number 27. Bible says, then Peter... Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. I have left my net and all those things. I am no longer a fisherman. And follow thee, what shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that 
ye which have followed me in this generation, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that has forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit, what shall he inherit? What shall he inherit? Yeah, everlasting restoration will take place. Hallelujah. So he said, look, you have hundredfold, all the things that you have lost, you have hundredfold of mothers and fathers and lands and everything, but the most important thing is you will also inherit everlasting life. Amen. Then the popular scripture that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 31 to 46. Matthew chapter 25. Is it in your Bible? I'm reading from verse number 31. Bible says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another. As a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand. And the goats on the left. Then shall the king say to them on his right. Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Can you see that the fire was not prepared for any human beings? So don't force yourself and go there if you are not a devil and you are not Satan. The fire is prepared for the devil and his angels. Are you there? Forty-two. For I was hungry, and ye gave me no meat. I was tasty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungry, or thirsty, 
or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, did not minister unto thee. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, In as much as ye did not, as much as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And, and this shall go away into everlasting punishment by the righteous into eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. These are just a few of the scriptures. We can go on and on and on. You notice that whatever Jesus was saying and whatever he was doing, it always ends about the restoration. That is why he came. He came to restore us to where we have fallen from. Amen. Yeah, to eternal life. And is it because of the fall? Because of the fall, many things have happened. Many things. The earth itself has been cursed. Different things have happened. Different. So even, listen carefully, the body, this body has become something different from it. It was actually created to be. That is why even when you get born again, how many have gotten born again, even in church, and you notice that the feeling in your body is not... Correct. You know, ah, why am I feeling like this in church? You are in church and having a reaction because there's a sister sitting by you. Even this social distancing has helped a bit. Even at a prayer meeting, at a prayer meeting, when in the days that social distancing had not been introduced, at a prayer meeting, sister held your hand. They were praying together. And the front of your trousers is coming up. Then, then you don't understand. We are praying, you know. We are praying in church. Sometimes you don't even know, am I really born again properly? What is happening? This is not what I want to do, but look at what is happening. Sometimes you see that somebody is slapping and say, hey, think well. Hey, behave. Behave, we are in church. How many have been there? You, you are slapping yourself. Hey, put yourself in order. The body has become something. That's what Paul said. That, oh, Richard, that man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this flesh? The things that I want to do. They are the things I am not able to do. But those I don't want to do. Amazingly, that is what I find myself doing. Oh, Lord. Like I told you, one pastor was praying. He said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. The pastor was praying. I don't know whether I can repeat his prayer. He was praying, no. I mean, it's not like I heard it on CD or on tape. I was in the service. In front, I was also praying. Makota Santalaba, Mokaya Baraba, Sende, Limo Hayande. And you could pray. He was a prayer warrior. Then suddenly I heard, Oh, Lord. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord. Then you continue, even though I am married. But when I see the bottles, Lord, I'm affected. Hey! So the pastor was confessing his sin through the microphone. So I don't know whether we all should also confess the sin. So I noticed that everybody has thought of stopping watching the prayer. Oh Lord. And I mean, the person was very, he was not joking. 
was very yande. Oh Lord, oh Lord, even though I am married. But Lord, when I see the bottles, I'm affected. I say, hey. It's a, it's a genuine prayer. He, he, it was a genuine prayer that he was praying and God will have to deliver him. You be there and hide your faults and hide your sins. That's why many of us, when you are praying, when somebody is coming, then you change it into thanks. Because you don't want anybody to hear what you are saying. Because you are confessing, Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, yes, that one, Lord, that one, that one, forgive me that one also, Lord. Hey, Lord, you can do all things. You can do all things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shabalaba, shabalaba, shabalaba. Hey, masotakabayande. You confess your fault in tongues. Guys, you notice that. Look, look, look. This body that we are trapped in. You are trapped in. You want to do the right thing. You are doing your assignment with somebody and some things are happening to you. You don't know what you are doing. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Are you here? So the body has become something else. To the extent that Paul said, hey, Lord, who would deliver me from this, this prison, this body, this body? Then he says that, look, he said, with my, my spirit, I obey the commandment of God. But with my body, sin, sin is in my members. I don't know why. In Philippians, said, we are the circumcision who have no confidence in the flesh. Have you, have you seen that scripture? Put it there. See, we, 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 yeah. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? The body is, it's not like, it's dead, though. It's decaying. From, they say, the day you eat, you die. So the body died from there and gradually it stopped working. Have you seen something that is operating 100% and come to 99 like that? So the body is dead. It's, it, that's why if nobody kills you, you die yourself. It's not like... <laughs> 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 it is just a time. It gets to a point that I have to say that Charlie, I have been pumping 80, uh, 60 to 80 times a minute for 100 years. I am tired. I won't pump again then you die because of sin. But that was not how it's supposed to be. Are you there? Look at this. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. How many can see that sometimes we can worship in spirit? Oh, wow. I love you, Lord. Then you see that the spirit is around. Oh, Lord, I love you. Then you begin to cry. And rejoice in Christ. But have no confidence in the flesh. Somebody who can worship, who can sing the presence of God, you are oh. But when it, you come to the flesh, you know, when you look at yourself, what you were doing last night. When you look at the the website, the site that you've been browsing and what you are looking, when you are saying. Am I the same person who was worshipping? Oh, Lord. 
Oh Lord, even though I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I speak in tongues, but when I see the pictures, I'm affected. You don't even know. You don't even know whether what is your mind. Like one day I asked somebody, are you in life? I said, Pastor, I don't know. <laughs> well, I said, Pastor, I don't know whether it's lust or my flesh or whatever. I don't know. Or I, I, everything that you are saying is true. I don't know what is happening to me. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you cannot even know whether what you are feeling, it is, I mean, it's your flesh. Infatuation. Inordinate affection or it's a genuine love that you have for the person. That's how often when you come, you say that, give it time. You don't let anybody know that you are, don't tell her or don't tell him. Just keep it yourself and let your eye look straight before you and just keep praying. Give it time. Give it time. If it's, if it's of God, if it's not your flesh, we'll see. And often, within four months, they say, oh, pastor, all the things are going. I say, have you seen it? Are you are going to follow your body? If you follow your body, you will propose to more than 15 ladies. I'm telling you. When you see this, say, yeah, it looks like the one. Then after a month, they say, after a month, when you see a new person, you say, ha, it's good. It's, this is actually the one. Then after three months, you see another person, wow. Wow. It, it, it is good. I, I waited. <laughs> hey! That, oh Lord. I don't know which one. If you joke, it has happened to a, a pastor before. He proposed to people. Uh, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? When you see, uh, I think that I'm in love with this one. I say, why? Oh, there's, oh uh, it's not the one. Then like that, I say, no, no, you are very confused. If you don't take time, the body will destroy. We are the circumcision. We worship God. In the spirit, rejoice in Christ, but have no confidence. Those of you who have confidence in, in your flesh, you are able to say that you are going to study with a Christian brother and nothing will happen. You are very confident. You are very confident. The day you will fall, I can predict it. When the Bible said that you shouldn't have confidence in your flesh, so nothing will happen. One lady was telling me, she came to school here, got born again. And I mean, this kind of whether beloved boyfriend or fiancé, we don't know what it is, was coming to visit her from the States. So I asked her, when he comes, where, where will he stay? He said, oh, Pastor, we will divide the bed. <laughs> we will divide the bed. I mean, I looked at, at her and said, ah, I, are you correct? <laughs> you will divide the bed and not change. So, Pastor, we will keep. Hey, the way she was there, I said, Look at somebody. Something that 
Bible has told you that when it comes to sighting, flee, run away. You are going to lie by your old uh, uh, firewood. Not, not, not a new wood, though, a firewood that was in the fire. It's burnt a bit. Are you getting it? That, that I mean, ashes are come over it. It's, it's not. It's already in the mood to burn. You don't even need any paraffin to help. You don't need any ignition. Even when you use your nails to scratch it, you see that <laughs> you notice that <laughs> the thing is burning. Hallelujah. Are you here? So how do we end eternal life? Hey, my time is up before. How do we end? Look, you will do this. When I'm late, when I close late, you are the one who will be complaining. Let me end. How do we inherit eternal life or everlasting life? Number one, believing in the Son of God. When you believe in the Son of God, that's when eternal life comes. We've seen it in John chapter 3, verse number 15 and 16. Can we read it again? Bible says, and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. John chapter 3, verse number 36. Please, those of us who don't read the scriptures, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures today. Go and read all of it and be sure that you have eternal life. What I have not told you is that the eternal life you have is the prerequisite for the resurrection body. If you don't, it's only those who have eternal life that will be resurrected at the end of the day, at the last day. Hello? When you don't have eternal life, you will not be resurrected. The resurrection of the body will not affect you. You will rather have uh, eternal damnation. Yeah. Very important. That's what the Bible says, and I heard. And it said, right, blessed are they who died in Christ from henceforth. They rest from their labors and their works. Do follow them. So when you die in Christ, it means you have eternal life and you will be raptured. That's why when we read from uh, last week from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, the Bible says, those of us who are alive and remain will not prevent those who are dead. For they will be the first to what? To be caught up before we also will be uh, joining. Is it there? But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep. That's those who are dead. That we sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus. Remember, sleep in what? So when you are dying and you curse God and you die, you are not sleeping in Jesus. Even them who also sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Hallelujah. 
The dead in Christ will do what? The dead in Christ will do what? Yeah, so don't think that when it's not important, you need to die in Christ. Believe to the very end. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with, with the Lord. Amen. So without eternal life, without uh, eternal life, salvation that brings it, you will never attain to the resurrection of the body or of the dead. Amen? All right. So I'm talking about what, how to inherit eternal life. And the first one is uh, believing in the Son of God. Okay. So another scripture. John chapter 3, verse number 36. Bible says, He that believeth on the Son has eternal life. Amen. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you have... Hello? How do we have eternal life? The first one is believing in the Son. We've read from John chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Okay? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the second scripture that is going to help you to know that believing in Jesus Christ brings eternal life is John chapter 3, verse number 36. It says, he that believeth on the son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abided on him. John chapter 5, verse number 24. Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Amen. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John chapter 6. Verse number 47, Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me has everlasting life. Amen. Can you see it? Is it in your Bible? Please go and read it so that you know when eternal life comes. Not when you die. You have it over here. You cannot have it. If you did not have it when you die, you don't have it. After that, there's nothing you can do. It's appointed unto man who wants to die. And after that, the judgment. First John chapter 5, verse number 13. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Amen. Can you see? Believing in Jesus or believing in his name. In John chapter 1, verse number 12, Bible says, that as many as believe in him or received him, all the two. So you can believe in Jesus, okay? You can receive him or believe on his name. It also brings salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah. All right. Did we read the First uh, John five thirteen? These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of 
the Son of God. Amen. The second way by which you inherit eternal life or to gain everlasting life is through soul winning. Hello? When you win souls, you have eternal life. Or when you are a raper, in John chapter 4, verse number 36, Bible says, And he that rapeth received wages and gathered fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Amen. So being a soul winner or being a preacher, you see that he's talking about those who are reaping, harvesting, and those who sow the word. So a preacher, I see you becoming a preacher. I said, I see you becoming a preacher. And you are becoming a soul winner in the name of Jesus. We want to believe God. December, many people really plan to backslide. But we are going to go out against all those who have planned to backslide this December. Hallelujah. How many want to join to be soul winners this December? Yeah, we are going out. You may think so. People travel. No, people travel. Our people also travel in. So, December, our church is going to grow this December. Amen. Amen. Why? Because you've become a soul winner. And not only will people go to heaven, but you will also earn eternal life. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse number 20. Bible says, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the Spirit are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name is written in heaven. This is when Jesus has sent the 70 and they had gone. What did the 70 go and do? He told them, go and preach and say the kingdom of God is at hand. They went and they preached. They won souls and they came to report. Even, apart from soul winning, even the demons were subject unto us. And Jesus said that, look, don't be so happy about casting out demons. The most important thing that has happened is that your name is written in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. I see you being the next soul winner in the name of Jesus. Look, I was going to give you a calculation, but maybe I will give it to you. If you are here, just add if, you, if some of us, if you add just 40 years to your age, 40 years to your age, plus or minus, if you argue with me, plus or minus 10, you notice that you'll be somewhere that you don't want to think about. Some people, even if you add just 20 to your age, you notice that, mm, I don't know where I would be. <laughs> Consider you are traveling permanently. It's a permanent travel that you don't want to. Mm. One day we're talking to our children. He said, one day we will die. They started crying. We don't want you to die. I said, <laughs> when you grow, you understand. We all have some place to go. The earlier we begin to think about and prepare, the better it will be for you. Amen, the men? Yeah. Why is the church quiet? You are thinking about how you will die. Don't worry, don't worry. You will be surprised that you will be raptured. Surprised that we will all be raptured. Hallelujah. Notwithstanding this, rejoice not that the spirit are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your name, your names are written in heaven. Amen. The third 
way by which you can get eternal life is searching and meditating on the word of God. Hello? Do you know that reading the Bible, not just reading the Bible, but meditating on it, meditating on that brings eternal life. John chapter 5, verse number 39 and 40. John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40. Said the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. When you say the scriptures, because the scriptures, the word of God is, 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 is God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. All things were made by him. So when you have the word of God, you have God with you. How much word you have is how much God you have. So some of us, you would like to wear amulet, talisman, ring, different things to be your God, but you don't want to get the word of God. You don't want to get God to be with you. As you think about it, as you meditate, verse number 40 said, And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. When you think about a scripture, the meditation, meditation. You see, when you meditate on the word of God, it begins to be part of you. If you have not meditated on the word of God, you have not benefited. How many know that when you give an orange to a little girl, when that little girl is finished drinking the orange, you as a grown-up, you can take it and have more juices from the orange than what the little girl had. Yeah, that is meditation. Meditation is getting the, the, the nutrients, the juices, is the squeezing. Meditation, searching the scriptures, the squeezing of the nutrient and the power in the word of God into your life. That's how you can read the word of God and you become powerful. Yeah. When you begin to talk, you see that power is going out. Yeah. Not even that like yeah, many people want to go and fast and, and pray. And you see, when you fast and you've not eaten and you pray, there's a certain weakness that makes you feel powerful. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, you see, sometimes you become so weak and you are unable to pray. And it, it, feel, it makes you feel like, yeah, I have really struggled. So some, no. There is power that comes. I remember many, many years ago, I went for a retreat, waiting. And I went with a, uh, a book called The Triumphant Church. I think Bishop, our father has spoken about uh, Papa Hagan. So I also started reading some of his book at a time. And as I was going for the waiting, I took that book, Triumphant Church. And I went to read it. As I was reading, it was like, it was as though something got torn in my head. A power. I understood my position in Christ. I understood that I don't need to scream for somebody to be healed. I understood the power, where the power comes from. And from that time, I became a minister of the spirit. And people invited me to different places ministering the Holy Spirit. From I'm telling you. I'm telling you that you can, you can 
uh, increase the volume of your voice, or you can change your... No, 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 no. The power is not in it. If you like, watch the prophet. Watch how he prays. Easy prayers. But the power, because the power is gotten through the word. Hallelujah. Yeah, through the when the word, when you have meditated on the word and you have squeezed the nutrient and the power in the word and transmits with your spirit. Can I show you something? Let me see your phone. Put your phone on. Sometimes, make it brighter. Can you see this? Can, can you see this? So when I press on the hot tap, you see, it takes me to the hot tap. And it's our church uh, thing that is there. When you go back, can you go back? Where do you go back? Is it a Chinese phone or? <laughs> Father, give her a nice phone in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's nice, but you have a nicer one. You see, any button, I touch the Facebook. Hey, Lord, may I not incur uh, any debt? <laughs> any button that I touch, can you see it? I touch the Facebook, suddenly it launches into the Facebook. Can you see it? Good. Go back. The way you go back. Take a screenshot. Then bring the screenshot. You see? You see that? But when I touch any of them, it will not launch. So when I say be healed in the name of Jesus, there's something behind. But you, you have not read the word of God. You have not meditated on the word of You are just copying my language. And you are also screenshots. And you are pressing Facebook. And you don't understand why it's not taking you inside the Facebook. You don't understand why you are touching the WhatsApp and it's not going to the WhatsApp. Because it's a screenshot. Because we say in the name of Jesus. And things happen. But when you say it, nothing happens. Because there is nothing. There is nothing at the back. It's a screenshot. So your meditation, your reading, your, your, your personal life with God is the back end. This is just the front end. This is just the icon. So when, what I'm doing here is, is not me. If you think that all there is to me is, no, no, there is unseen aspects behind the scene. How you lie down, nobody is there. How you are under your bed, nobody is there. Whether you are watching uh, pornography, whether you go to the back, whatever you are doing is the back. It, it, it is what supports the icon. So when we see you beautifully dressed and there is no back end to end, you can stand and shout, in the name of be healed. That thing comes. If you like, as the apostles, they try to heal somebody. In the name of Jesus, uh, come out, come out. Nothing happened. When Jesus came, he said, you foul spirit. Come out and something was happening. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Amen. Don't be, don't be a, a screenshot. Don't be a beautiful lady without anything to you. There is no foundation. There is no reading. There is no prayer. There is no fasting. There is no meditation of the word. And you are also saying, in the name of Jesus. Pastor, you, you are joking. 
We are joking. There was the stance of Scavia. They said, we adjure you in the name of one Jesus whom Paul preached. And what the demons did to him. <laughs> you think that Paul was just saying Jesus? He said, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Who, who are you? May demons know you. Amen. I said, may demons know you. Sunday. Yeah. Jesus said, the prince of the world is coming, but he has nothing in me. But you are standing, casting the prince of the air. Meanwhile, he has a lot of things in you. He has a whole baggage and luggage in you, in your house. Then you are casting him out. No, no, it doesn't work like that. May this revelation sit in your heart. In the name of Jesus. Look, it's not your hair. That's what many people have done hair, cuties, uh, makeup, so they are not married. I tell you, sometimes you come for the wedding, you even don't know where the guy finds the lady. Whether he, he was drunk when he was proposing, or you can't even find, but if you go beyond, you see that the lady is a spiritual person, praise. So there's a power. You have done your hair, you are standing on a pencil hill like that. There's nothing to you. There will be something to you from now in the name of Jesus. Hey, Lord, please help me. The fourth way through which you can get eternal life is through communion of the body and the blood. In John chapter 6, verse number 53 and 54. Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat my flesh, ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Are you there? 58. Bible says, This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat in did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Hallelujah. And what is the bread that came from heaven? Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, the bread. He said, This is my body broken for you. So fellowship, the communion with the word and with his blood will cleanse you and you have eternal life. The fifth way to have eternal life, knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ, his son. John chapter 17, verse number 2 and 3. John chapter 17, verse 2 and 3. Bible says, Thou, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen. So knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ is what brings eternal life. Hallelujah. Not just knowing God. Many people know God. They are still not born again. Knowing God and knowing Jesus, his son, who he has sent. Amen. Amen. Sit up. Sit up. Yeah. Very good. Very good. We are about to close, but <laughs> you can easily have a vision for us. 
First John chapter 5, verse number 20, Bible says, And we know that a son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know him. That is true. And we are in him. That is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So knowing. How many remember Paul preaching and said that I may know him? Knowing him will bring you eternal life. Hallelujah. Okay. The last thing I want to say is the eternal life. Life everlasting is the most appropriate thing to labor for. Because whatever you are laboring for will not uh, stand the test of time. Even now in Europe and other places, when you die, your inheritance, the, gov- the state takes almost 55% off. So when it's a burden, they will value the burden. If you who is inheriting it, you don't have money, the government may take the burden from you. So it's like we are, we are even working for the government. It's like when, that, that's why if you are here, you are listening to me, you have something. Give it to the people you want them to inherit before you die. Do it in their name. When you die, the tax that they will have to pay, they may not even have it. So you want to give something to Yolanda as you are alive. Do it. It's in the name of Yolanda. It's not in your name. Oh? Yeah. In other places, they take 55%. And where will you get the money from? It's like half of the thing is going to the government. And when you you pay taxes, now when you die also, your inheritance, they want to rob you off and all that. It's not worth it. So there's the advice that Jesus gave as we end in John chapter 6. Verse number 26 and 27. Can we end with that one? Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. So people are in church, not because they have seen what Jesus said, but they want miracles, they want financial breakthrough. They want to look prosperous. They are looking for marriages. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a prosperity preacher. What I'm preaching is what will prosper you. You watch and see. 27, he said, Labor not for the meat or for the things which perish, but labor for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him. Has God the Father sealed? Hallelujah. Bible says, don't labor for the things, the meat. It doesn't mean only food. So don't labor for the things. Don't labor for the things that will perish. Anything you have, it will perish. Do you know that when you have a new car, you wouldn't know how it will look like when it's old? Yeah, every new car, every old car used to be new. And you also, can you see that you are also growing old? You, you were manufactured in 1980. Now you can see that the model is becoming a bit old. You, your, your face used to be very smooth. 
very smooth. It's like when you touch, you say, wow. But now you notice that it's not as smooth as it used to be. Anyone who has a makeup, a punch or this, you don't know what they are doing. They are correcting the roughness of the face. <laughs> <laughs> and if it has catch up on you now you notice that just correcting it doesn't go you need a foundation it's like they are now cracks so you need to fill it yeah it's a profession that people are into beautification yeah they can put a lot of uh, clay and other things on your face cover it and you be moving and we can't <laughs> we can't find you have i told you the story of the lady who went to heaven okay as i end <laughs> one day a christian lady she was very prayerful and very powerful and she was going to town and she had accident so in the accident she almost died so she got very angry with God. Then she was, God, I have saved you. I've done this. Why were you trying to kill me? So I'm sorry. The angel on duty did not do his work. I will give you another angel who uh, uh, hold you. Mm? He will guide you and hold you in his arms and you will never have any accident. He won't kill you. Then he said, thank you because I don't want to die soon. Then the lady came not long ago after a man, she died and now she was in heaven. Then she was angry with God. She said, ah, but you told me I will not die now. She said, but who are you? So I'm the lady who, who came. She said, oh, your angel on duty did not recognize you. <laughs> because the angel on duty was still looking for her on earth to protect her. He said, your angels are still looking for you on earth. Because he had he had lengthened the uh, eyebrows, he had the the thing, leave me alone, leave me alone, <laughs> to leave me alone over here. He has removed the actual one and used pencil to do the leave me alone. He had lengthened the nails, and she was short. She was looking like this. Higher than the actual. So the angels were looking for her to protect her. And they did not find her. So God showed her that the angels are still in your hands. They are looking for you to protect you. Not knowing that the things that the angels did not see her. They were still waiting for her to come out so they will protect her. May your angels identify you. <laughs> hey! Hallelujah. Yeah, God will keep his word, but keep your portion. Don't change. Be who you are. And I say God will bless you. I believe in eternal life. I believe in life everlasting. Hallelujah. How many also believe in life everlasting? Is the prerequisite for the resurrected body. If you don't get eternal life, you certainly have uh, uh, eternal damnation. And that will not be your portion. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Lift his countenance upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's go. Hallelujah.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Close your eyes with me wherever you are as we close. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your power. I pray for your touch. I pray for your healing. Anyone here, another sound of my voice. Whatever we have been through, whatever we are going through, I command the end of it by the power in the name of Jesus. I declare their healing. I declare their liberty, their freedom. Every depression, hey, anxiety, every case, let it end now in the name of Jesus. People who are despair, ready to throw in the towel. People who are confused. Lord, I pray, let hope, let strength, let your glory, let the light of your word shine brighter in their hearts. Oh yes, may they not be the same because they came. Father, tag them, heal them, Lord. Restore unto them the joy of salvation. And anyone here under the sound of my voice, whether here in person or watching by television, or watching on the Facebook or YouTube, I pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus. The confusion is over. The depression is over. The anger, the irritation, the, 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 the burden is broken. Be healed and be restored. I pray for you and I superimpose the power of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God over your life. Live and not die. I address cancer. I address incurable diseases, diabetes, hey, abacasante, abnormal growth and tissues, akabasante, tumors in the brain, tumors and growth, abnormal growth. I cause it to melt now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your mind. Be healed. Lord, I pray especially for the students. Whatever causes them to be confused, whatever brings misunderstanding and causes them to deviate, Lord, oh God, I lift your countenance upon them. Let the brightness, let the brightness of your glory shine in their life, in their hearts, Lord. May they not be the same. Ah, Yaba, so take us, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Still with your eyes closed. If you are here, maybe you came yourself or somebody invited you. Or you have been coming, but you want to say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not sure whether I have eternal life. I want to be sure. I don't want to die a foolish death and go to hell. I would rather be sure than be sorry. Please pray with me and pray for me. If that is what you are saying. I want you to lift only your right hand high above your head and I'll pray with you. I want to lift your right hand high above your head. Slip your right hand up. Slip it up high above your head. Stand wherever you are and I will pray with you. Keep it lifted. Keep it lifted. God is going to touch you. God is going to touch you. Father, I pray for every hand that is lifted. Today, let salvation. You said, oh God, anyone who believes in your son, or in his name will have eternal life. Lord, so do I declare. Every hand that is lifted, everyone, oh God, under the sound of my voice, whether right here in this auditorium, or watching from the Facebook, or on YouTube, Lord, let salvation be our portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, as we pray and as we confess your name, and as we believe in Jesus as the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father, the one who died and rose again triumphantly on the third day, the one who by his blood we are cleansed and washed and purged from our sins. 
Lord, let salvation be our portion. We thank you. We bless you. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please, with your hands lifted, I want you to come to me. My brother, come. Come, I want to pray with you. From the back, everywhere. Keep your hand lifted. Come, I want to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. My sister, come. Right here. Right here. Look at me. Stand here. Stand here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come from the back. Come from everywhere. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. If you are coming, come. I'm waiting for you. Quickly. Quickly. I want us to pray. I want us to pray together. Your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. You came. Perhaps you've been born again. But some things have happened. God will restore. Restoration is your portion this afternoon. Move from wherever you are and come to me. Move from wherever you are and come to me. Quickly, quickly. We need to end. Move from wherever you are. Don't look at a person on your left or right. The time you will die, they may be alive and change their life and go to heaven. I want you to move. You are not sure. You are not sure. Listen to me. If you are here, you are not sure. Maybe you have even been coming to church. But you are not sure. Hey, do I have eternal life? There is nothing wrong for you to be sure. Because if you are not sure and you don't have it, when you die, it's hell. There is no sitting on the fence. I'm bargaining for your very life. If you are not sure, move and come and join me now. By the count of five, we'll be saying the prayer together. If you are not here, if you are not here, it will be too late for you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. One, are you coming? Two, three, four. Father, we thank you. Please, those of you in front, will you lift your hand with me and say this prayer with me? Say with me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, this afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me and wash me with your blood. I believe in you. Jesus, you are the son of God. You died for me and you rose again. I receive you right now as the Son of God, the Savior, the Master, and the Lord over my life. I receive you into my heart. I accept you into my heart. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, from today, I belong to you. I am yours I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for saving my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Say, Satan, from now, I don't belong to you. I belong to God. I belong to God. Therefore, whatever you have in me, I reject it. I refuse it. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by the Word of God. Please worship with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at LCI Megachurch, Lewisham Way, 79 Parklands Main Road, Cape Town, South Africa.